You know, like I can remember going to Red Hills years and years and years ago and having pictures of our whole O'Connor family doing karaoke on the stage and us, all of our awful sunburn, you know, singing in our dirty jeans and stuff. And, um, and they were so fun, you know, but like everything else, times change. So I think it's just part of passing time, maybe. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans by eventing fans. And Karen, we love Cowboy Magic. We talk about it all the time. What are we highlighting this week, Karen? This week we are highlighting Cowboy Magic's Super Body Shine. I love the Super Body Shine, Karen. Right, and it's formulated to give Harry super shine, and it helps repel show ring dust and dries fast. Yep, it has aloe vera in it, um, helps strengthen and condition the hair and skin, Karen. It sure does. So, you want to look your best. Yes, always want to look your best. And it helps to repel the dust and dirt. So, you know, before you put your horse out, it's not just about the show ring. It's about helping to kind of, let's alleviate these these stains from getting in there. Right, Karen? Right. It reduces your number of trips to the wash rack as well. So in wintertime, that's very important. Yep, for sure, for sure. So thank you very much, Cowboy Magic. It's a, it's available in 16-ounce, 32-ounce, and a full-gallon, Karen. So, you know, when you got that big barn, you're going through this. So you need the gallon. Oh, yeah. Go straight to the gallon. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Little goes a long way, but you're going to want to use this all the time. So thank you very much, Cowboy Magic. Triple Crown Feed. Oh, Karen. yeah. Triple Crown. Big fans of Triple Crown Feed. They have a t- tons of, of great products out there. Mm-hmm. Premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown Feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. Triplecrownfeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. Triplecrownfeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have yes. a great feed com- comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. What did you get this time from our good friends at Fairfax in Favor? I got the Monaco wedges in the navy blue suede. Very nice. And also the British equestrian tassels. Yep. Yeah, very cool. So uh, somebody did a really good job of picking this stuff out for you. I think so. Uh, What's really cool is the wedges have like an embossed Fairfax in Favor on the toe of the shoe, on top of the shoe. And then they have the little tassel on the back. Very little, mini little Fairfax and Favor tassel on the back, which makes it a very, very cute detail. How comfortable are they, Karen? You wear so them? comfortable. Really? Because I know uh, you are funny with your shoes. I know I am. And I always worry about getting your shoes, but um, especially cute shoes, because for some reason they seem to hurt the most. But I, I love them. They're perfect. They love them. Perfect. Super, super. The tassels. They're British equestrian. Mm-hmm. Red. And blue. And blue. So like blue on one side, red on the other. So you got a cool little contrast on the boots. So can't wait to put them on my Regina boots. Yeah, the Regina's. That's the cool thing. You you, you don't need to get a whole new pair of boots to, to dress it up with a different color outfit. You just change out your tassel. So we love Fairfax and Favor, obviously. They fit your feet good. Mm-hmm. So you have the trainers, the Regina's, 
these wedges. How do they, do they all fit good? Like, tell me about the fit. Or do they feel good when you wear them? I yes yes and I I do have a a high arch mm-hmm. and I feel that they fit me perfect. Yeah. I can wear them all day. Very cool. So we've done hikes with your trainers. Yes. And you've worn the Regina's all day. I wore my shows. Regina's in Kentucky and did not bother me one bit. Yeah. So fantastic. So listen, go to fairfaxandfavor.com, Order yours. Trish Scott's got us covered and she can cover you. Trish is on with us to talk about equine mortality and medical coverages, which there's a lot of changes, Trish. So tell us what's going on in the industry right now and how can you help people? Yeah, there's a lot of changes going on the equine mortality medical coverage right now. And I just wanted to put the word out there that we don't have to be afraid. Changes are coming, but um, I can certainly take care of, you know, whatever, you know, whatever questions, concerns, you know, our, our vendors have. Um, right now, the biggest one is Great American is not offering any medical coverage to any renewals or new business. But and the thing is with our vendors, they're the one of the top three rated horses for um, you know for mortality. So it's a very unique breed of animal, very unique training. So we need to make sure that your policy is covered. Um, I have access to some of the top rated carriers right now. They are all offering full mortality, medical, surgical, any coverage is needed for our vendors. Don't worry about it. Just give me a call. I'd be more than happy to walk through your current policy and make sure that your renewal is covering your horse. Not a problem. Just give me a call. I'm always available. 484-319-8923. Cooler weather is just around the corner, so don't let your horse get caught in the cold. Yeah, a turtleneck has your horse's clothing needs covered, Karen. They sure do. Don't let your horse get caught out in the cold on that first cold night of the season. Now is the time to shop and purchase your fall and winter blankets, Karen. So how do people learn more? So for sizing and temperature guidelines, you can go to turtleneck.biz. I'm Rob. And I'm Karen. And Rob's super excited about today's guest. Yes, ma'am. So we have a five-star rider. Welcome to the show, Lisa Berry. Hi, everybody. Hi. Thanks for having me. This is super yeah. exciting. Uh, we kind of mentioned before, you were recommended to us. And Karen and I, we got this email saying, hey, you should have Lisa Berry on. And then we were like, well, we had Lisa on. <laughs> and I swear I thought we had you on a couple years ago. Uh and somehow we were like, oh my goodness, how do we miss Lisa? So sorry it took so long to get you on, but thank you so much. And thank you to the to the listeners who who emailed in and gave us that suggestion for you because we thought we had you on. So I apologize. I don't know. I don't know what happened, Karen. We were definitely supposed to email her. I don't know what happened. So, well, welcome. <laughs> Finally, better late than never. Well, thank you for having me. Um, and thank you for whoever recommended me. That's excellent. Um, I appreciate all of it. Yeah. Happy to be here. Super. Oh, I got to look great. up who it was. I, I'm a little unprepared, so I've, I've, I I apologize <laughs> to the listener who mentioned you. I'll see if I can find it. But uh, so let's get going. Karen. Yeah, let's what do get you going. This so awesome. before we get into the full uh, interview, Lisa, can you tell us exactly where you're coming to us from? So I am currently sitting in my car outside of the barns at the Virginia Horse Trials, where I am grooming for the fall three-day event um, for Jessica Phoenix. She's got two horses in three long and one in a three short, and then several students as well in the two long and three long, I believe. Um, So I'm, you know, doing double duty as I do. (laughs) Wow. Oh, yeah. You're going to be busy. That's really cool. So I did did just look it up real quick. Uh, It was an Instagram message from Cora, which was CF underscore eventing on Instagram. So thank you for that. So I don't know if you know who that is, cool. Lisa. Excellent. I don't, I don't thank know. you. 
You have any idea? I think that? I do. Thank you so much. Oh, that's very nice. <laughs> yeah. So this is so this is interesting. So you're grooming. So you're a five star rider, yet you're grooming at at the Virginia Horse Trials for for Jessica Phoenix this weekend, right? I sure am. And coaching. Yeah. And, and coaching. Yeah. Sort of on the side, coaching my my one student that is in the too long um, is also getting coaching from uh, another very good friend of mine, Lynn Samansky. Um, because as it happens, when you have multiple horses with a singular rider in a small division, things get tight. So um, we wanted to make sure that, you know, we dotted all of our I's and cross all of our T's. So um, Lynn is taking care of my student McKenna this weekend. Um, but, uh, you know, a little bit of everything. I'm keeping track. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's McKenna's last name? Um, so we gave her a little shout out. McKenna Martinez. Okay. McKenna Martinez, and she's riding Commitment Commitment SR in the two star long. Um, he's a lovely horse. He's a bit difficult, but um, she does a wonderful job with him. So I'm excited for her. Awesome. Yeah, well, best well, of luck, McKenna. Yeah, good luck to McKenna. Do you do a lot of grooming? Uh, like I, I think that's very unique. I mean, or or maybe we don't hear. I, I I would just love to know. Like I think it's unique. It's pretty unique. Um, I actually, Jesse and I go back to, um, 2007 is the first year that I helped her. We actually, I went to the Pan, Pan American games with her in Rio. Um, she came to, uh, the farm that I was staying at in Middleburg, Virginia. Um, I, as many people know, but some probably won't, I have ridden with Karen and David O'Connor my entire career. I think I started riding with Karen when I was eight years old. Um, and moved to their place 10 days out of high school and started working for them and riding with them and, you know, really immersed myself in their program. Um, and so anyways, I met Jess because she needed stalls that year, uh, before we came here to Virginia Horse Center for that spring event. And, um, we just started chatting about how she was going to take her mom to the Pan Ams and David said, no, you can't do that. Like, she can't be your groom. Your mom can't be your groom. <laughs> and so we were joking around over a glass of wine at the competitor's party, which, you know, we don't really have those anymore very often. But um, we were joking around about how, hey, you know, if I actually go to the Pan Ams, do you want to come with me? And I'm like, absolutely, I do. And, you know, as a kid. Um, and then it sort of sparked this thing where I was lucky enough to be a part of Karen David's program. So I learned an insane amount of information about everything, all the bits and pieces, not just the riding part of the career, but, you know, how to do quarter marks, how to do braids properly, how to, you know, get trusted to wrap five-star horses overnight, how to, you know, all the things that can you could possibly think of, all the details I got taught. And so I was just excited to be a part of, you know, somebody else's, um, big piece in the world. It was her first games and we became instant friends. And so I, I kind of decided back then that I was always going to be willing to help my friends or, you know, somebody that needed help uh, grooming wise and sort of try to pass on all the knowledge that I was lucky enough to have been given um, and get to travel the world with these amazing creatures that we, you know, we call our partners and stuff. And Get, just get to enjoy all of it. Even if I wasn't riding, I feel like when I groom, I'm on the same, like it's all part of the same thing. We're all so important. All the pieces are so important in this sport. So it started back then and it kind of just took off. And mostly I've helped 
um, Jessie over the years. She always calls me when she needs, you know, help at big events and things like that. But I have traveled the world with my friend Hannah Sue Burnett, who's now Hannah Sue Holberg, to watch her and support her and things like that. So I don't know. I guess it's not um, it's not normal. I guess once you sort of get past being the help to continue to help as you're the rider. But I am the kind of person that. I I love my horses. I love what I've been taught. I love to be able to give back and I like to enjoy the sport in all facets, you know, so their success is my success. My success is theirs. It's, um, it's very rewarding to me. Wow. Karen, is that the coolest? That is really cool. I think that's that's awesome. I think that I, I'm so thankful that you you. shared that because I think that, I know myself, and so I'm sure I'm not alone. You know, the assumption is you hit the five-star level and all of a sudden you hit this level where you're too good to, 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 to go back to grooming or, you know, and I know that sounds crazy because we know grooming is very well-respected. Obviously it's highly respected. Well, no, but I, I definitely understand what you're saying. I mean, there are plenty of people that, you know, decide to stop mucking and stop checking water buckets and, you know, those kinds of things. They come and they ride the horses and they do what is their said job and they go off and do whatever else they need to do, whether it's business-wise or family or whatever. I guess I I have always wanted to be involved in all the detail from the top to the bottom that maybe that's why I don't actually have a large program. I don't really want a very large program because I would much rather spend two hours with a young horse trying to teach them their craft than only have 30 minutes for each ride kind of thing. Mm. And that's just my personality. I think the the riders that are able to teach people and horses um, and actually give them something in that amount of time, say 30 minutes an hour or whatever, and continue the whole day is incredible. You know, like I often say, I, I can't do it. Like there's, there's just too much, but yet, I can groom for Jesse with, you know, six horses in an FEI event and still be thinking about what my horses are doing at home and things like that. Like it's just a difference in where my brain set is, I guess. But yeah, I I don't know. I'm different, but I like it. (laughs) I think think it's so refreshing and so nice. And I think it's, even if, even if there are some riders that, that still do it, but they keep it quiet. Like it's, it's, it's private. Cause Mm -hmm. you know, I just think it's, it shows humility and I think that it shows, uh, that you're just a good person and a horse, horsewoman, you know, like I think, yeah. you know, I think that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I think it's important because I think really people think, Hey, I gotta, I gotta be the, I, I got a big time now that I'm a five-star rider. I'm, I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta set myself apart. I gotta act. I gotta play the part. I gotta fake it till I make it type of thing. Even though like you're there, you're a rider, you're established, <laughs> you know, like yeah. you gotta, you gotta look like you got the world by, you know, in, in the palm of your hand. And I just think that, uh, I mean, and yep. that's not saying that you don't. However, I just think that a lot of people would say, hey, you know what? I don't, I can't groom. I would just look, it just would not yeah. be a good look, you know? So, but I think that's super And you know, I think, I think that's okay. I think, yeah, like I think that it's a, a bit of a piece of who everyone is and what works best for them. Um, you know, some people at the top of the sport as competitors need the time in between to be able to focus on their craft and all the details and all the things, you know, me being uh, the kind of person that doesn't really thrive off of a big program. 
I don't know that I can handle what those other riders do, you know, and be able to break down all the detail for each horse like that without everything else. I sort of found my niche and I love producing horses. And I think that's a big part of why I love grooming because it's all that, you know, sort of underlying detail that comes into getting to the horse show. Like I love to train my horses every day. I love to teach how to train my horses every day. I've had a lot of very difficult horses over the year, years, whether they've been top level competitors or not. You know, I, I don't know. I'm probably at 30 plus horses that I've trained from nothing or next to nothing. And, or, you know, somebody would probably say you shouldn't be on that thing. Um, and to be able to produce horses, in my opinion, that generally all feel the same, regardless of their talent level, the buttons are all the same. The training method is generally all the same. That to me is so rewarding that I think it coincides with the care in the barn as well and the, the grooming part of it. And, you know, I, I know I have a lot of friends that are high level competitors that love to compete more than they necessarily love to train every day mm-hmm. or the nuances and the details of all that specific stuff. They just want to get to it, you know? Um, and I love a little bit of ever, all of it. So I don't know. I Maybe I'm just well-rounded. I think you are. I think <laughs> yeah. and you're doing a lot of horses. You're for the right reason. What the right word is. But. That's for sure. Hey, before we kind of move on, you mentioned a competitor's party and how we don't have them anymore. Uh, do you miss that? Do you yeah. think we should get back to having competitor parties? So to some extent I do, but to some extent I've been to them where we all get a little wild because we work so hard. And then, you know, you have a chance to let loose and not really think about your responsibilities the next day. And then, you know, you wake up hurting a little bit, um, but, uh, you know, I, I have been to competitors parties where there have been people, you know, climbing the poles in mm. the, the tent and, mm, you know, like all know. kinds of crazy stuff. And just as, as the sport is, you know, we we're we're into it. It's a taxing thing. We, you know, we ride hard, we play hard kind of thing to some extent. So I think we got to be careful with us adrenaline junkies, uh, you know, letting loose a little bit, but, um, I think all of that realistically depends more on financially, you know, what the, the venue is able to do. What are you actually going to get the turnout that you think you're going to get so that you haven't wasted the money and the food and all the stuff. So I think it's a slippery slope. It can, it sometimes in some ways, I think it's excellent to be able to all get together in some ways, you know, like Jess and I will say often, we get to the end of a day and we have to, you know, go to dinner with our owners and, you know, support team and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes you just want to go to bed, you know, and it's amazing to have all this support and it's wonderful to have, you know, delicious food and all the things. And it's not like, you know, none of us appreciate it, but to some extent, sometimes you're like, it's five 30 and I'm ready for bed. Yeah, And we still have to shower and go to dinner. Sure. Yeah. So, I think, um, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I, I think that the competitors parties have probably stopped happening because people stopped being interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe just a sort of changing of the times rather than, um, and, and finances and things like that, rather than them not being fun. Yeah. You know, like I can remember going to Red Hills years and years and years ago 
and having pictures of our whole O'Connor family doing karaoke on the stage and us, <laughs> all of our awful sunburns, you know, singing <laughs> in our dirty jeans and stuff. And, um, and they were so fun, you know, but like everything else, times change. So I think it's just part of passing time, maybe. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I, I, I appreciate that too. And I yeah. see all different sides of it. I see, I have heard people that I know very well of climate polls and competitive mm-hmm. parties. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> right? and, uh, and, uh, not I, like it's not a good time. It's a good time. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. yeah. And then, and then yeah. it's also the same thing where it's all of a sudden nobody shows up because there's business at hand, you know, or like you say, they have owners to tend to, well, or they've been up exactly. all day driving, yeah. you know, setting up the bar and getting their yeah. multiple horses ready. You know, there's a lot riding yeah, on this. All so. the things. I get it. Yep. I just thought I would ask because yep. I thought since it was brought up, it's like, you know, I don't know. I'm always curious yeah. what people's, what people's, what's going through people's minds. <laughs> so Lisa, <laughs> you, you mentioned that you worked for the O'Connors, um, but can you take us back yep. before then and tell us your story about how you actually got your start in riding? Oh gosh, that's my mom's fault. She's probably not going to listen to this, but I blame her. <laughs> um, in a good way, though, you know, my mom was in love with horses as a child, and um, my dad, bless him, was dumb enough to buy her a farm and some horses before I was born, <laughs> and um, that kind of started the whole thing, you know, and she was riding while she was pregnant with me, and then obviously put me on ponies and stuff as, at a young age. <clears throat> she actually helped start a pony club that I was wow. a big part of as a child. And that sort of started to shape all of my knowledge and my um, love for horses. And, you know, I was a pretty active kid. I played ice hockey. I was a gymnast. I was an active competitive gymnast until I was 15. Um, And then my body told me, hey, now that's, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. And so, you know, I had been riding forever and I obviously loved it. And I think I did my first horse show when I was three or four. Um, and I won on this beautiful little pony and I was mad because I wanted the ribbon to be pink, oh. not blue <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> with dirt, you know, smeared all over my face and the whole thing because Lord, Lord knows I can't stay clean. So, so yeah, like it started, it was just a big piece of my life. And, um, my mom had been riding with Karen um, in Pittsburgh. I grew up in Pittsburgh. And so she would come in for clinics a couple times a year. And uh, so in the 80s, I, you know, I was a baby and um, my mom would go and ride with her. And then I think I'm pretty sure the first time I rode with Karen, I was eight, um, seven or eight, something like that on a you know naughty little pony that I, of course, got in trouble for being too mean to because my dominance was <laughs> apparent at that age. And, um, yeah, like it all just sort of started that way. So I, I came up through pony club and riding with Karen in clinics and proceeded to, you know, try to work my way through the levels. I think, oh gosh, I don't know. I think I did my first intermediate at 14 or 15 or something. And I looked at my mom and my trainer. I'm like, you guys are trying to kill me. Like, (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) And of course did it and was successful and it was great. And, um, you know, obviously I've had my fails along the way as well, but got to the point where I was riding with Karen in a clinic and I don't know, I was 15 or something and said, you know, I want to come and be a working student. And Karen basically looked at me and was like, you got to graduate high school and you got to have a car and then we can talk. I was like, well, okay, that's just a couple years away. We can do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Um, and my mom, you know, she's been wonderful in my career and all of the knowledge. She is a true student of the sport. Um, she has so much information crammed in her brain that it, I couldn't even ever get to the bottom of it. <laughs> even if I tried, um, she has read probably every magazine, every dressage magazine, every eventing, every, everything with all the details she wants to learn. So she's been really great because I had, I struggled, um, with my reading comprehension because I had a concussion as a young child. Um, and so she really helped me be able to use, um, a lot of the dexterity that my, uh, gymnastics gave me to use that and learn with the horses as well and how to change my balance and my position and my, you know, little teeny tiny things. And then obviously all the stuff that my trainer was teaching me and all the stuff that Karen was teaching me. And I just, I was very lucky. I've been very lucky to have incredible amounts of good instruction from the very beginning, you know, horse care from Pony Club and all the details of all the different kinds of bog spavin and bone spavin and all the things that I can't remember anymore, <laughs> but are probably, you know, um, within my realm of all the things that have happened to horses now. But yeah, I just, it just sort of started with my mom and then grew and blossomed and uh, got to the point where I was calling Karen and saying, can you please take me? Like, when can I move to Virginia? Wow. <laughs> my mom knew, I guess, that I was talented enough that I needed to get out of Pittsburgh to be able to be successful and to really have a career with this. And knowing that I was never really very good at proper school. I'm the kind of street smart kind of kid. Like I can pretty much do anything you ask me to do. I can rewire a circuit. I can fix some things on the car. I can, you know, I can, my dad taught me to do so many things that I have that kind of stuff. I was never really very book smart. So my mom was, my mom and dad both were pretty okay with me, not necessarily needing to go to college, but I needing to do something productive and um, in a learning sort of fashion with my life. So, you know, I was the, <laughs> Karen says, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, I kept calling. <laughs> and then finally, um, you know, she said, all right, come on down. And 10 days out of high school, I packed up everything I had and my homebred mare and moved to Karen's. Wow. And I got there and I think everybody was probably a little shocked because I don't think she told anyone I was coming. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had you know, had some stuff going in the barn and it was an Olympic year or WEG year or something like that. And they had fired all the working students and sent everybody home. And now there's this 17-year-old kid and her seven-year-old horse show and her five-year-old horse showing up and all her stuff crammed into her bumper pull trailer. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and, yeah. And so, you know, obviously it all worked out. It was great. I lived with Karen's parents that summer um, and Joan and Phil are amazing. I still, you know, see Joanna and say, hello, family, because she's, you know, they're family, Karen and David, her mom and dad. And it's been a wonderful ride to sort of get to where I am. But all of it leads back to my mom and the love of the sport and Karen being gracious enough to take me and, you know, teach me through the years. And as I come and go and all that stuff, I still, you know, ride with her every once in a while and go back and say, hey, coach, like, can you, how do I do this? Or, you know, whatever. And I'm way older now, you know, 20 years later. But um, I think that being immersed in, in my opinion, one of the best programs in the world 
has really led me to be as well-rounded as I am as a horse person in general and as a rider. Obviously, there are a million things that I still need to learn, but I've learned so much from them and from my life within my experience with them and around them that I'm, I'm very grateful and lucky. I'm lucky to have been taught so well and still, you know, be able to go back and say, hey, can you help me with this? Or, hey, I'm, I'm, can I bring this horse to you? I'm struggling, you know, or, and it doesn't, I don't have to be a student that comes every week. You know, they're, they're now my family. And that's something that sort of was created when I was a child. And I, it's just amazing. Wow. Very happy and very thankful for how, all of it. How long were you there at the O'Connors? So, um, oh gosh, I worked for them that summer and then um, on and off a bit years after that. I, you know, did what any typical late teenager, early 20s uh, decided that I needed to go to school, which was silly. But, you know, you have those moments as your brain is trying <laughs> to function. Um, and I went, I didn't want to go to real school. I loved photography. And so I, um, I got myself enrolled in the Art Institute of Pittsburgh for photography. And I went for two semesters and I was uh, winning on my, my then two-star, now three-star horse and qualified for young riders and made the team. And I could either stay in school or move back to Virginia and go to Young Riders and carry on with that. And so, you know, I had, because of my connection with Karen, I had already had, and um, the wonderful Theodore O'Connor and all of their amazing horses, I had already been published in the Horse and Hound magazine um, in England and had stuff all over their website. My parents did their website. I did all of their photography for, oh gosh, at least a decade. And so... You know, I kind of sat down with my parents and I was like, school seems a little dumb at this point because apparently I'm good enough at what I'm doing that I can, I should just sort of merge the two and go together. And so that's what I did. I ended up traveling and going to all the big shows and whether I was grooming or riding or not, I always had my camera with me. So Karen's sponsors would call me for photographs and Karen would call and say, Hey, can you come do this birthday party? Or, you know, it was sort of became the family photographer and that ended up being able to help me support all of my lessons and training at horse shows and things like that. You know, I got very used to being able to barter for things because money is always tough for everyone, especially in this sport. And it just sort of blossomed into this thing where you help me, I help you. And yeah, like it's, it's been a, an amazing ride. Um, wow. That's wild. my brain. I'm just, you know, thinking, thinking of all the memories and it's, I just get, gets a little spun out with all the things that I've been lucky enough to do um, with these awesome horses. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool, cool too. Like you found a, a way mm. to kind of make some, yeah, some money. Yeah, help support yourself. People love pictures for a long time. Something I took a, a lot of different. pictures. Yeah, yeah. People love their picture taken. Let me tell you, or their, their horse at least. And uh, a good picture of a horse right? will, will 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 make you tons of friends. So, and uh, you look like the most popular people yeah, out there that, that are <laughs> all the photographers. Everyone knows the photographers. <laughs> Everyone says hello to the photographers. And right, and uh, they can probably get a, right? a, a you know a, a, a free room wherever they're at, whatever town. 
<clears throat> so I think that's really cool though that you did that. Mm-hmm. We always get people talking about college. Hey. You know, we ask about college and and stuff like that. So it sounds like you're either going to be a mechanic, a photographer, or a horse trainer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I often think maybe if I would have been more uh, school oriented, I probably would have been an engineer because, mm. you know, I'm sort of a jack of all trades. I can kind of MacGyver my way through almost anything. Jesse calls me a problem solver. Like I just give me something to fix and I can wow. 99% of the time I can figure out how to fix it. Um, you know, bailing twine and duct tape are girl's best friend. <laughs> That's so um, cool. I, it's a weird, it's a weird sort of talent, but I claim it because it's one of those things. Like I actually feel, um, rewarded with that as well. Like somebody doesn't know how to do something or how to fix, I don't know, whatever's gone haywire and call Lisa, maybe she'll figure it out. And, and then I, you know, my brain just, it's a, maybe it's the artistic, like the photography side, it's the artistic side of my brain that functions well enough to be able to look at something and problem solve and make it work. Wow. Like figure out how to make it work. Um, I don't know. That's really cool. Might not be book smart, but. <laughs> uh, sounds like Dang. a pretty smart to me. I generally can fix most things. That's fantastic. So. That's really, really cool. That's awesome, Katie. Yeah, I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> so, so, if we, so if we move on, you started, so, so you were with the O'Connors. Uh, it, it sounds like Karen yep. was your primary coach or do you get coaching from both? Yeah. So um, Karen was my primary coach. The mayor that I took to Virginia originally, um, David had claims on her, um, and uh, Karen helped me with my then two star, now three star horse, quite a bit. And then um, the mare that I rode with David ended up being quite difficult, um, and she then in turn we decided to start breeding her because oftentimes breeding you know difficult mares can help them. And she was seven years old. She had a few. Um, issues she was a homebred as well but she had a few issues that we didn't actually know about until at that point in her career and we started to do um some more you know diagnostic vet work to try to figure out why she was so unhappy all the time um which you know some mares that are unhappy it's a hormonal thing and breeding them helps and things like that but ended up being that um she had uh, a fracture in her neck that Mm. we had never known about Mm. but my mom remembers that she was three days old and she was, you know, cantering around the paddock with her mother and ran into the fence like head first and then bounced up and was totally fine and grazed and was ridden and grew up and seemed completely normal. But when we started putting a little bit more pressure on her training level, getting ready to go preliminary, that kind of thing, putting her body together from front to back, all that, um, she started to really struggle and, So once we had all this vet work done and we discovered that her neck was actually fractured, there was a pain reason behind all of it. Mm. Um, Then we decided, okay, well, well, maybe we'll just, obviously that was an accident. Maybe we'll just breed her. She's so well-bred and we'll go from there. So I ended up having, we ended up having five babies from her, two of which I have taken now to the advanced level, which is such a blessing. And the others have had careers in either the hunter world or um, some dressage stuff. And one of the babies, unfortunately that year, the sperm that we got was from Canada. And when they shipped it across the border, um, somebody at the airport put it through the um, the belt and it essentially got irradiated. Oh, um, oh no. And so 
the yeah the babies that year we had a foal but all the babies my mine and several others i think the mars program even had several that um were not quite right um in their bodies and their organs like all their stuff was wrong like the way they were put together was just wrong um and so that baby was the only one that what didn't end up being a sport horse um but she uh ended up being a wonderful pony club horse and you know has been happy and all that kind of stuff so but anyways yeah that that mare gave me five homebred babies and then sort of continued to push me towards where i am now with all the rides i've had and and things like that. So, wow, um, that's wild. Yeah, that's wild. I never I heard of that. I never I heard yeah. of it. Like <laughs> the, the, the the semen going through the the, the radiation machine, the X ray machine, or whatever. Whew. The <laughs> X ray machine. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's one of those things where you wouldn't really think about it, but yeah, mm. when they send those, I don't know if you guys have ever seen those tubes that these the semen comes in, but they're these big, you know, like baby baby barrels, basically, exactly. You know, look that look like. Um, you know, the barrels we jump, but, uh, they're little tiny versions of them and they're protecting this wonderful sperm. <laughs> they, uh, they got a, ra- it got irradiated and wow. it was, it was a hard year for the foals that year. That's um, tough. That is tough. But, yeah. So, yeah. So any, anyway, it's long story short, David, David worked with that mare. Um, but primarily I have ridden, um, with Karen and we just sort of have always clicked the deta- the amount of detail that Karen has been able to give me over the years um, really works with the kind of person that I am and what I need as a student. And so it's uh, David obviously has so much to give and it's not that I wouldn't ride with him or don't, but Karen and I just click. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just sort of been my path. Yeah. Very cool. Wow. So moving from there into your, your current yeah. business, uh, tell us about your business and what you do you know, now. Like, how, what, are you still breeding horses? Are you, are you training? Do you coach? How, what all do you do? Yeah. So I love to teach. Um, my biggest, really my biggest passion right now is training young horses and producing them to be sport horses. It's something that I guess I've pretty much always done but I am trying to sort of hone it into a more productive um, using all of my knowledge uh, from the years, my mom's knowledge to pick the right build in a horse, you know, like all the confirmation, the breeding, all the backgrounds to be able to then use all of my riding experience and my, all the the teaching that I've been given from Karen and David and um, you know, obviously all the stuff I learned as a kid as well to produce um, young horses to be sport horses so that uh, honestly, what I'd really like to do as I sort of continue my career as a rider um, trying to go up the levels, I really would like to start producing horses to sell to other professionals or other people looking for high quality, well-trained horses that pretty much regardless of how old they are, their generalized buttons and all the things that they know are the same. So, you know, somebody down the road is looking for a lovely five-year-old and they say, oh, go to Lisa because she's always got well-trained horses. Um, And in all facets, I love the thoroughbreds. I love the warm bloods. um, 
you know, I've, I've gone through enough difficult horses that I think I can, for the most part, treat, uh, train the difficult track horses through most of their stuff. My first um, five-star horse, uh, Peanut, FIS Prince Charming, I will tell you honestly, I didn't feel like I could really ride him for the first three years, even though I was, you know, competing at the upper levels. I didn't really feel like I had all this pieces that I needed. Um, and that horse taught me so much that I feel like with all the others that I've had, in addition to the kind of softness that he needed for me as a relatively dominant person, as a rider, you know, I have been told in the past many times I'm too sharp. So I have tried very hard to fix that. Um, and peanut was one of those horses that he will call you out, um, on all of that. And so, you know, all the bad habits you have to fix with horses like that. And so now I feel like I want to pass all of that stuff plus all the other stuff along to other horses whether it's the horses that I have that I want to keep for myself to try to get back to the top of the sport or to pass along sort of as a business um, to sell quality, not just quality breeding or fancy warm bloods from England or, you know, France or Belgium or wherever, but actual quality in where I can tell you that your six-year-old can get on and push this button and the same thing is going to happen as if you're, 30 year old gets on and pushes this button kind of thing. Like so well trained that you can rely on that piece of it. I, I get kicks out of teaching them things like that. And to me, I love to compete, but to me, like I love every day and I love, you know, sometimes teaching a four year old how to turn around the haunches or figure out how to move its body, separate its parts and move its body in a different way. is like going to the Olympics for me. Like it's, so fun to be able to be an influence in a positive way for four horses or any horses, really. I mean, horses that just need some help. But yeah, I think that's a big piece. I, I really would like to start producing horses for myself and for other people as a business. Wow. Um, that's cool. I have trouble brain-wise with having, you know, like say a massive lesson program. I know I have tried in the past and it's, that is very difficult for me. I'm not really sure why. I think it's just a piece of who I am, but it's not that I don't love to teach. I love to teach, but I would, I would much rather have, you know, a few students that need the detail or need their hand held a little bit or, you know, things like that, where come to me because you're struggling with something and I can fix it. Not just come to me because you want somebody to tell you how to canter through the corner and jump a jump. You know, like I want to be able to give the amount of detail that I have in my brain, I want to give that. I don't want to just teach up-down kind of lessons. Like I, I want to be able to give you all the stuff that I have been lucky enough to have been given. So students and horses, a, a bit, you know, kind of on the same plane, I guess, but I like, I like the individual moments of all of it. Wow. I think Very that's fantastic. Rewarding. I think yeah. that's awesome. I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to, you, you, you definitely are like a person who it's, wants to I invest. I think it's different. Yeah. Yeah it's a little bit different than most people just want to teach lessons and make money and stuff like that. But I would, I think I'd rather have, you know, a handful of very dedicated clients, owners, whatever, that believe in what I do and how I want the horses to 
live and feel and, and enjoy their jobs. You know, like this, this sport is nuts and it's hard and it's not for every horse and it's not for every person. And I recognize that. And I think that also being able to train them well enough that they could then go on to a different sport and then be taught that craft as well is important. So yeah, I don't know. I don't, uh, I don't know that everybody is the same way, but no, I think I think I that like that's it. what that, that's what we love about this show and these interviews we do is speaking to people, and some people get a kick out of flying into a town and doing a clinic with some strangers and, and maybe coming in yeah. that same clinic yeah. every other month, you know, and seeing those people and then they just yeah clinic with them every other month or so like regular students and other people yeah. some some like the up down lessons you, like know? The like, you know and i think that's yeah. what's cool is and and, and yeah. our listeners who listen they get to they get to see who resonates with them and who's someone they yeah. want to be with. some people are looking Absolutely. for someone some people are looking for that coach that says or, or parent for their child that says you know what that's i want a lisa barry i want a i want a person who's competing at the top level but also will feel invested and putting time in the, my yeah. kid as much as my kid has the yeah. desire to go as well, you know, and that's, that's a rare thing. So, you know, a lot of big five yeah. star programs are going to, it's, it's, it's all about the five star rider and keeping going. So I think that that's very unique and very cool. And I think that's kind of where you were at with, you know, the O'Connors, it's a very unique system, yep. especially at the time you were there. Cause they're obviously riding at the top of the level. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're right. I, I've kind of always been in that sort of weird off branch, you know, um, kind of way of working through things. And I really enjoy it. And I, I find like, you know, I, I would, I would rather spend two hours with one kid that needs me to, you know, use different words or explain an exercise in a different way, or talk to me a little bit like a therapist, I guess, like talk to me about why they haven't been able to learn and let me help them figure that out. I think that I have definitely had students in the past and still have some now that they've gone away because they were going to school or doing whatever and things didn't work out and they started to struggle. And it was, um, you know, kids as it is, you get confused and scared and not really sure what's happened and then you come back to somebody that you sort of feel safe with and all of a sudden everything falls into place. I had a student a few years ago that was ready to move up to the intermediate level, actually was entered at her first intermediate as a, as a young kid. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember if she was 16, 17, maybe anyways. Um, and had a little bobble her last event before she was supposed to move up. And then ended up, you know, it was the end of the winter season. She moved up back up home um, and went back with the trainer that she was with in her hometown. And everything sort of deteriorated. And I couldn't figure it out because the kid is a very good rider. And it was a wonderful horse and um, had already jumped around the level, you know, trying to move up to intermediate level. The horse had already jumped around some, some two stars. Um, and, you know, it turns out it was just a essentially a personality thing the way she clicked with that instructor was not the same and that instructor didn't necessarily feel as confident with what she was seeing maybe she was a little greener than me or just saw things in a different way but essentially the kid ended up losing a lot of her confidence Mm. um, and her belief in her horse which was really sad because 
you know, she was, she is an incredible rider and the horse was incredible. It ended up, um, further down the line, it ended up, you know, having a, a career ending injury, but, um, and it's now going to be a mama, which is excellent. But, um, you know, the kid after that came back to me and I was able to help her through all of that and sort of build her back up and put her back in place where she believed in herself. And she's now got a wonderful young horse that she's teaching and, um, a better program at home that is really helping her out. And to me, that is huge, you know, because where, where I had her and where it went, it could have been someone that abandoned the sport and, you know, went off and changed, completely changed their life. And now this wonderful rider has her confidence back and is able to learn how to teach her young horse through all the pieces. And she's so thoughtful and, you know, students like that are so important to me. It's not that the up-downers aren't important, but I would rather teach one of those lessons for two hours or talk to that kid for two hours than tell somebody to switch their diagonal 15 times. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's just my, my yeah. brain. It's just the way my that. brain works. So <laughs> I can totally understand that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, how about horsepower? What do you what do you have now for horsepower at home, or, or like um, what what's going horsepower. on there? Horsepower. So, um, um, in addition to riding and training and teaching and all the things that we do, I have helped my dad. My dad has a small advertising agency, so I've helped him for the last probably twelve years um, doing what's called mail fulfillment. So I have stuffed envelopes. Wow. Many of my Fellow riders have seen me uh, at horse shows with these giant cases of envelopes that I'm stuffing with all different things for different clients that we're doing and sending them off so I can be working and working and competing at the same time. Um, But um, some of those clients have actually, you know, as what happens with the market have gone under and so left me a little high and dry. Uh, So times are relatively difficult right now. However, I am in the process of trying to do a restarting thoroughbred business. Um, so I've got three young horses. One um, is almost at the end of his lease to purchase. Uh, the perfect home. And um, I couldn't ask for a better match for this horse, which is wonderful to me. I bought the horse originally to be another five-star horse for myself. Um and uh, actually through Jessica Redman. I'm not sure if you guys know who she oh, is, yeah, but she's she been is a guest. fantastic at sourcing. Yeah. 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 So Jessica, I have three, three of my young horses that I have in the barn are from Jessica. Um, I was a good client last year um, <laughs> before I lost several, of, several of my male clients through my dad. So, um, but anyways, uh, you know, I'm trying to do this sales business that we have already talked about. And then I have my last, of my homebred babies who I affectionately call possum. She's my giant marsupial. (laughs) She, uh, she, um, just nearly finished the three long at, um, Maryland and Fairhill a few weeks ago. Um, but got to the edge of the bank three from home and didn't understand the slide part. There was, you know, the bank on the hill and she'd never seen anything like that. So made a green mistake and stopped, which, I think it's the second time in her entire life that she's ever stopped at something. So I circled around to take the option. And of course, 
like the genius that I am at eight minutes, you know, I made a mistake and uh, added one too many strides and she caught her, one of her boots on the way up as she was taking off mm. and didn't, she didn't fall down, but I got chucked real hard. Mm. And in the process of hitting the ground, I basically punched myself in the face oh, no. um, in my tuck and roll, tuck and roll position. I got myself in the face with the bat end of my whip um, and sat up and had a massive bloody nose Thought I'd broken my face. It was great. <laughs> um, yeah, to say I was disappointed was uh, not, it's not enough to say that. But um, so anyways, Possum is, you know, she's an amazing horse. She was 25 seconds up on the clock and three from home. And wow. we both made a minor mistake and, and didn't get to finish our Jeez. weekend. But um, so I've got Possum and my three young horses, the three thoroughbreds, the one I already talked about, another filly that I bought. I saw a video of her and I just, she's the most phenomenal moving uphill built thoroughbred I had ever seen. And I called my mom and I was like, listen, I need some help. (laughs) Um, And so my mom was kind enough to buy this filly for me. And to say she's difficult is, you know, an understatement. However, she is, you know, with difficulty, there's always talent and the talented ones are always hard. She's incredible. So I have that one that I'm keeping. I have the Wyatt Warrior horse that is almost sold. Please, please sell. <laughs> um, and I have, I have a third. Um, I had a client that was ever so kind to believe in me and all all of my hard work, um, and wanted to essentially invest in me. So they bought me a young horse to retrain. Um, basically gave me the seed money and said, you do what you do. You're good at it. You enjoy it. You sell him. We'll take the seed money back. You keep the rest. Wow. Mm. Very so, nice. yeah, I was in tears. I, I mean, I have had plenty of people be kind to me, but not in a financial way. Like I've always done things like with a little bit of my parents' help or working seven jobs, you know, to try to get to the next horse show. I have always worked. So to have someone give back to me like that was just unbelievable, like unbelievable. Um, and it, it, you know, it wasn't some massive investment. You're talking, you know, seven to 10 grand kind of thing, seed money between the vetting and the shipping and all that kind of stuff. Um, and maybe some little insurance just to cover our butt kind of thing. So then I, this, that last horse, I call him Casper cause he's got a little white eye. Um, he is a lovely four-year-old that will be for sale as well. Um, just going through some growing pains with his body, you know, as they do, but um, hopefully he'll be going as well. So, you know, three lovely young horses and one awesome campaigner that I started from scratch and I'm so very proud of. That's, that's all I got right now, which is enough. I think four for me is enough to do because I, I don't, at the moment, I don't have any staff. I don't feel like I need any staff. I, mm. I like to work. Um, so for, you know, in the heat of the summer with chores to do and everything, for to ride and take care of and bust with and muck and groom and all the things, that's, I think that's enough for one person. But um, wow. it's, it's perfect for me right now. So yeah. that's yeah. what I got. And hopefully I can continue to sell and build on that and... You know, maybe someday I can get 
fancy horses in and sell them for very large amounts of money. But for right now, I am very happy teaching these wonderful racehorses that have probably not had the most, you know, happy lives, um, how to be happy and learn something new and sort of direct them in whatever path they show me that uh, they'd like to do. They don't all have to be event horses, but I'd like to teach them some sort of craft. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that I think it all sounds fantastic and I think that obviously your passion for for not only the horses but you know a quality students and all that. I think people will mm-hmm. listen and and hopefully yeah. pick up the phone and say, you know, this is this is the type of people I want to work with. So and uh you know obviously it sounds like the way you train and the way you think is is definitely uh you know someone who wants a a, a well trained horse that had the time put into it, you know, not just a quick you know, throw it on a hot walker and then 15 yeah. minutes and then back in the stall or, you, yeah. know, you know, someone who really put time into it. And I think that that's, that's what's resonating with me and this and it's your story. So I think that definitely people can't go wrong if they're, yeah, if they're working with you. So thank I love you it. very much. Yeah. I really am passionate about it. So I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think yeah, that you I, can tell. Yeah, for sure. You could tell your passion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. So Lisa, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to play quick fire questions. Okay. Quick fire questions. Oh, oh dear. Okay. And quick fire questions <laughs> is brought to you by Turtleneck. Keep your horse dry with the rain turtle by going to turtleneck.biz. Oh, yeah. So it's five questions and it's called quick fire, but you don't have to be quick. So <laughs> I was like, you do know I've hit my head quite a few times. One recently. Oh. So quick fire might be a little bit more difficult. <laughs> but I'll try my best. Okay. So first I'm question is favorite rider growing up? Oh man. I mean Karen, come on. I that's hard to to not be my favorite rider and then turn her into, you know, a mentor and a mom. That's pretty easy. Yeah. There we go. Yep. All right. Favorite event to compete at? Oh man, um, Red Hills. It is a travesty that we don't get to go there anymore, but yeah. it has been always my favorite place to go. Yeah, we've had uh, another, Red Hills quite a bit. So, yeah, another good one. Another yeah. good one that we lost. Yeah. All right. Come if on. eventing was not an option, what other riding discipline would you want to try? Show jumping. I love to show jump. Uh-huh. I, I think I kind of like to do a little bit of both. And I obviously that's that's happening a little bit more now with more upper level riders, but I really love to show jump. Um I'm comfortable in that arena, so I think for sure I'd be a show jumper. Yeah, cool. Good answer. All right. What is one thing about yourself that most people don't know? Oh dear. I don't that's a hard one. I'm a pretty open book. I played ice hockey as a kid. Ooh, Maybe. That's People it. don't know that. Yeah. That's a good one. That, that's a good one. <laughs> it's different. It's the only thing I can think of at the moment. I, I mean, most people that know me know me. I'm, yeah. What you see is what you get. That's, I, love yeah, it. I like, I it. like it. I like it. All right. So, <laughs> so, last question: If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Oh man, I've ridden some of them that I would put on this list. So. <laughs> <laughs> You can, um, you can you can you can absolutely name one that you've ridden. Well, I I was I was lucky enough to have ridden um, David's custom made Taylor, um, 
but who still, I believe, holds the world record. But I think these days, um, Tammy Smith, my bum, I would love to ride that horse. I would love to see if I can ride that horse. He's extraordinary. Yeah. Sure is. Very yeah. good answer. Absolutely. Well, Karen? Well, A++. Woo! <laughs> I like it. I aced it. I like when that happens. <laughs> Big time. Big time. So, so you worked at the O'Connors when, when uh, Max was a groom there? Oh, yeah. Max so she was an ice hockey player, too. Uh, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, she, um, Max has had a massive influence on the horse person that I am today. I can still, every time I think, if, if there's something, I, a question I can't answer, I always think about calling Max and saying, hey, how do I do this? What, what meds do I do? How do I fix this? Those kinds of things. She, Max is incredible. I am so thankful that um, I was allowed to be in the presence of such greatness. She's She's really taught me so much. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun to see and hear all the people that came through the O'Connor program and the impact they've had on USC venting. Um, you know, it's pretty incredible. Huh? Yeah. It is. Yeah. It really is. Uh, someday. I mean, I think it would be yeah. fun. I just don't know how to do it. I don't know how you could organize it, but I think it'd be neat to have like almost like a family tree of programs that people came out of, you know, like an O'Connor tree and then, you know, you and the, you know, so, yeah, I mean, you can, you could probably put, well, more at least two of our WEG team Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know countless others that have graced the top of the sport in this country have at one stage or another been through the O'Connor program and you know it's my family so I'm going to push it but it's it's they're really um, a well-rounded all-inclusive safest kind of um, process of teaching and going cross country and all the things, the whole program is wonderful. So yeah. even though I'm, I'm not immersed in it as deep as some of my fellow friends are, my good friends at the top of the sport, um, just because of the riding power, you know, I don't have any owners and I do a lot of stuff on my own and I'm doing what I can, but it's uh, it's been pretty wonderful and we're all very lucky to have been a part of it. Yeah. yeah we got to sure. pump you up. We got to get some people to pick up the phone and say, Hey, I want to support. I'm in. Listen, somebody <laughs> buy me some horses. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there might be people out there that want to, that want to get involved and, and, uh, you never know. and they never know. And they, and they might just say, you know, you know what, this sounds like the type of program we want to get behind, you know, something that's boutique kind you of know, something it's small. funny because yeah, like I have, I have, my mom gets after me still because I just, I have a really hard time asking for things. I'm very good at working, but I have a really hard time at asking for help. And, you know, all the horses I've produced to the top of the sport, I've done it on my own. I've done it with my blood, sweat, and tears. A lot of tears along the way. Everyone that knows me will know that. I used to cry a lot. I have conquered the tears. However, you know, emotion is a big part of us as humans and the sport in general. And, um, yeah, I would love some help. However... I would love some help that sees life and the horses and this journey the way I do. I don't want somebody just to give me their money. Like somebody wants to help me out. I want it to be sort of like a family endeavor Um, and understand when things go great, they're great. And when things go wrong, that's life. And that's part of the sport. Mm -hmm. And you kind of got to 
move through it together and figure out how to fix it. Um, so yeah, somebody wants to buy me nice horse. That sounds great to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, I think the key is, you know, I think the key is we always want to give value back. So it sounds like whoever would work with you exactly. would, would get uh, their horse in a, in a, in a program where that would get personal attention, where there's not even a groom that's handling the horse. It's you personally. And I think that there's value in that to people. Yeah. And I think that, you know, somebody and, who wants to make sure that they know where their horse is and if they pick up the phone or they text you, you know, exactly. You're the one checking their legs. You're the one putting them in and out of the field. You're yep, the one training and riding them. I know all the details. Yeah. So I think that's and where the if, value is. If in I were, yeah. And if I were lucky enough to get to the place where I actually had an owner or two or whatever, and I needed, um, you know, somebody wanted my help to send, you know, send some horses in for training, not even just an owner to give me something, but, you know, wanted my help. If I got to the stage where, like I have in the past, needed working students or help, I like to have the same like-minded people with me, mm-hmm. not just slave labor, but I want to teach you what I've been taught so that it's as though I'm doing it myself, like Max taught me to do, like all the girls at Karen David, Sam Burton taught me to do. Um, I want to be able to give all that so that I can trust them like it's me um, and or them, you know, all the different pieces of it. So not just one sided, like I think even if I ended up having staff, the staff is like me, you know? Yeah. Right. No, I think I, that's I, important. I think that's exactly. super. And you yeah. definitely are a thoughtful person. I could definitely see that you would, that's how you would. Yeah, thank you. you. definitely see that. So. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So on that note, Lisa, do you have any advice for that young rider trying to make it in this sport? Keep trying. If, if you really want it, there is always a way. There's always somebody that will help you get where you want. Um, and you know, if it's not the right horse or not the right trainer, there obviously are a lot of options out there, but if you have a goal and a dream, if you can dream it, you can live it. Just keep trying. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Love it. I love it. Very good advice. Excellent advice. So awesome. So listen, as we will wind things down, but we always like that before we let you go, we like to just ask about supporters or sponsors, anyone else that you want to shout out before before we run off. Um, I have, excuse me, my voice is starting to go that gnarly cold that's going around. Um, I have been very lucky to have some wonderful supporting sponsors. Um, Macaulay Brothers Feeds has been behind me for a long time now. And my horses and my program rely on that. And, um, I, I couldn't be more thankful. Um, Kentucky Performance Products, they are also an instrumental piece of my horse's health um, and their longevity with all the different supplements that I can give them. My, you know, broken noggin has been supported by um, international riding helmets and I just love their style and um, their comfort. And then I have ridden in Devaku for forever, forever and ever and ever. And they have been wonderful supporters of, of me as well. And I just, I just can't thank all of them enough. You know, I don't have a massive list of people but i feel like the the sponsors and the support system that i have behind me are very similar minded to me they believe in me and they believe in my program whether that means i've got novice horses going or five-star horses going it's a bit of a family kind of deal and i i'm really appreciative and i i couldn't do what i do without them yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, i I definitely think you would be a person i'd want to work with that's for sure for sure, for sure. Oh, so, thanks. Yeah, and I 
appreciate that. Yeah, well, I think I, it's, it's it's honesty. It's it's I'm going to say <laughs> it for sure. Uh, so, how do people follow along? How do people find you if they want to learn more about you? If they want to see these horses you have for sale? If they want to uh, maybe to have some dedicated people that really want to just f- focus on their training and have you help them along and, and all the things, how, how do, uh, how do people follow along and, and contact you? So I, um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I do have a page that's technically for my business, but to be honest, I'm really bad at social media. So, um, most of my stuff is on my personal page. It's just Lisa Berry, uh, for Facebook. And I think it's, Lisa B equestrian, um, on, um, <clears throat> on Instagram. And I try to connect the two cause again, I'm very bad at social media and I am not great at promoting myself, <laughs> but I do like to share, you know, the stories of my horses and sort of where I am in my life and my career and my students and things like that. So sometimes I'm vacant for a little while, but I tend to like to post videos of the horses going and um, proud moments or, you know, the dogs being silly and stuff like that. So people can sort of be involved as well. Um, And then I believe it's under construction at the moment, but uh, at least a little bit, um, but my website, lisaberry.com or lisaberryequestrian.com has a little bit of everything, all the horses that I've had in the past, some of my favorite quotes, um, my sponsors, ways to get in touch with me if my phone number, you know, Facebook, Instagram, that kind of stuff as well. So I'm pretty sure if you type in, if you Google Lisa Berry question, you will find me in, uh, in Google. It comes right um, up. Everything comes but, right up. Uh, yeah. Everything sort of, you know, figures, finds its way through Google. Yeah. So, we'll we'll, we'll, um, we'll yeah, share it in the, in the show Instagram notes. Is my main thing. Yeah. And then the leaseberryquestrian.com is my website. And yeah reach out. My phone number, I think is on my website. It's probably on my Facebook as well. Um, if I don't pick up, if you call me and I don't pick up, don't be offended. Cause I don't like the phone. However, um, <laughs> shoot me, shoot me a text. You know, I'm one of those new age kids that talking on the phone is awkward and I don't like it. So, uh, I will, I will as I'm doing at the moment, but I'm comfortable with this cause I get it. Um, but yeah, if I don't pick up, leave me a message or shoot me a text or any email um, or Instagram message or Facebook message. And um, I will do my very best. I think you're even better on my Facebook to do my regular page, just the least Berry page, not the equestrian page, because I'm, I don't pay much attention because I'm terrible. <laughs> um, so yeah, most direct way I think is regular Facebook or Instagram or my phone number off my website. There we go. Well, All we'll right. link that up in the show notes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that way it'd be easy for people to just go down the show notes and, and click on your yeah. Facebook or your website links. So, well, Karen, cool. was this Thank fantastic? You. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. It was. It was such a pleasure to get to know you, and it was so such a different type of conversation than we than we have with other people, where you know, much more, uh, you know, small program, and, and we just your your passion for the horses really comes through, and we just can't thank you yeah. enough. For thank being our you. Guest. I love these creatures, these darn things that got me sucked in. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks again. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and never miss an episode of the Major League Eventing Podcast. 